21st century Doing something mean to it Do it better than anybody you ever seen Do it, screams from the haters Got a nice ring to it I guess every superhero need his theme music Go on, man, you have all that power The clock's ticking, I just count the hours Stop tripping, I'm tripping off the power What's going on, everybody? This is the Feed to Embiid, and I am your host, Austin Krell. So, the Sixers were in Beantown for a Christmas Day special against the Boston Celtics, obviously a conference rival, um, and and some playoff implications for both these teams. It was sort of a test if you will, for, for really the Sixers, but also the Celtics, too, because they've been struggling of, of late. Um, and it, you would like to, you just wanted to see where these two teams were in relation to each other because it feels like it's a four-team race in the East between the Raptors, the Celtics, the Sixers, and the Bucks. And um, <clears throat> people started, people kind of felt like the Sixers were the the odd man out in that four-team race, even though I disagree. Um, but nonetheless, it was a big test, and early on it looked like the Sixers were going to get the doors blown off. They were not playing well to begin the game. Boston was unconscious in the first quarter. Really, both teams were pretty good in the first quarter, but Boston was pretty good the entire first half. Um, and then... Well, what really kept them, really kept the Sixers in it in the first half was a bit of Jimmy Butler, but a lot of Joel Embiid. He had, I think, 18 going into halftime, and Redick was 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 fairly good for the early portions of this game. But the big story going into the halftime break was that the Sixers bench had zero points. Sixers bench had not scored a point in the opening 24 minutes of the game. Sixers were down six at halftime, trailed by as many as 11 in the game. They came roaring back in the third quarter thanks to a monumental run by Jimmy Butler. He had, I think he had nine to 12 points in the third quarter, made a couple of of, of long-distance shots that keep the Sixers within it. They, they They had cut the lead to about four Butler got it to one. Celtics went up, back up three. Butler would tie it, and then, lo and behold, the Sixers actually held three after the third quarter. Um, Joel Embiid was sensational through three quarters. He had thirty points going into the fourth, and then they gave him a, a pretty nice rest to begin the fourth quarter. And for a little bit of time, it looked like the Sixers were going to pull away. Trikon Korkmaz canned a three in the fourth session to put the Sixers up by 7, 98-91. And then the Celtics came roaring back very fast. Terry Rozier made a a, a jumper to put, to, put the Celt- to bring the Celtics within 5. And then next possession down, he hits a 3 to bring within 2. Kyrie then responds, and they, make a, and they make a layup to tie it up. Sixers then go up by 3. Jason Tatum responds with a 3-pointer, and it was just really locked up from there. Um... The Sixers did get a great look to, to to take the lead. Wilson Chandler buried a three ball with about 36 seconds to go in the game to put the Sixers up by two. They had been down by one, up by two. 
the ball was in Kyrie's hands, though, because he was sensational all night. And it was him versus Jimmy Butler. Ultimately, Kyrie got a lucky bounce on what was a little bit of a short pull-up jumper from, from the free throw line area um, to tie the game. Sixers did have the last possession. Um, usually, you know, Jimmy Butler had two game-winning three-pointers earlier in the season. They, uh, Brett Brown opted to not go for a timeout. Instead, it was in Ben Simmons' hands, who uh, ran a dribble handoff to J.J. J.J. pump fake, 1-2 into a pull-up jumper, pull-up long, uh, long two. Just a little bit short of the ball was batted around in the air. Game went to overtime, and then the Celtics really took over. Sixers led by five in the early portions of the overtime session, 113 to 108. And then from then on out, the Celtics outscored them 13 to 1 to put the game away. And what happened really late in that overtime was Kyrie Irving came alive. He had a pair of threes within, within, in the last two minutes to put the Celtics up one and then up four, and they never looked back from there. The momentum was completely gone. Kyrie ultimately finished with 40 points on the night and <clears throat> and 10 rebounds. It's absolutely unacceptable that Kyrie Irving gets 10 rebounds on you. Um, he, From what I've seen of Kyrie Irving, he's not a rebound type of guard, and um, you know he, he's, he's a ball-dominant isolation scorer. He does average five rebounds a game, so I sort of stand corrected, but not really in that he's not the guy who you want to beat you. And so I feel like boxing out would have been a big difference in this game, something so fundamental, yet most young teams are not good at boxing out, and the Sixers on most nights are not great at it either, although they do lead the league in rebounds. Um, <clears throat> so Kyrie had 40. Al Horford had Four points on two of ten shooting, 0 of 5 from three, nine rebounds, five assists. That's the kind of night where you think, damn, this game got away from us. Because because they they were in the pick-and-pop situations, uh, Horford was getting his looks, but wasn't making them. And the Sixers had done a decent job of covering that pick-and-pop. I actually did a film breakdown on Twitter earlier in the day about the pick-and-pop and how they need to counter that by not switching it. And I thought they did switch it still too much, but they did a better job of handling the switch instead of just leaving Horford wide open for a three. Um, he, the, the, well, ultimately, the Sixers did not take advantage of it because they lost the game. Horford, on, on a 2 of 10 night, you need to take advantage of that opportunity to win the game because a, a win in the Boston Garden, on, any, on, on the TD Garden on any night, is sensational. Uh, Tatum was not is, is has not been having a year that he had last year. He's sort of hitting that a bit of that rookie wall or that bit of that sophomore wall. He still had twenty three points, but he was not efficient in doing so. Ten rebounds. Ultimately, you know he's going to be a stud. He's 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 one of their bigger problems that you have to game plan for. But it's the guys around Kyrie and Tatum and and uh, Horford who really hurt the Sixers tonight. Marcus Morris, 23 points, six rebounds in 37 minutes on eight of 13 shooting, three made threes. Um, Marcus Smart had six points on two of five from, from three in 30 minutes. Terry Rogier, although not his usual pesky self when it comes to the Sixers, he had 10 points in 20 minutes. He was TJ McConnell with more skill that the, the Celtics use him as. 
He hit big shots down the stretch of, 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 of the game to reinvigorate the Celtics and keep them in the game and get them going and get the crowd pumped. They used Daniel Tice a lot tonight because they don't have they didn't have um, they did not have Aaron Baines. He made one three seven rebounds six six points. He was not the killer from long range that Baines has been against Sixers, but he did make some shots in the pick and pop that you're just like, damn, like that like that's just so Celtics-y that the backup big makes those threes against us. Um, <clears throat> Gordon Hayward and Jalen Brown were nothing tonight. Five, uh, nine points between the two of them in twenty in the combined forty-eight minutes of play. Um, and on a night where the Celtics bench only gave you twenty-five points and and Horford only gave you two, four points, you would think, oh, the Sixers got away with one. They won this game. Um, but reality is that the Sixers bench is just atrocious. It, re- it really is awful, and it, you're seeing it more and more now. Um, of late, especially. Tonight, the bench for the Sixers, 12 points overall. Mike Mascala had three points in 17 minutes on one of fucking nine shooting from the floor. Um, he was absolutely atrocious, and there's just no way around it. He, he must be better, or else he's going to be out of rotation um, in short order. And if he's not, it's just going to be a testament to the Sixers' inability to really have a bench unit, and it's going to be a short-lived playoff run if he's still struggling this bad and he's and he's still in rotation. Shamit was fine. Five points in 14 minutes. Made a three. He actually broke the bench scoring for the for the, for the Sixers. He he finally got them on the board with five uh, uh, with five and a couple possessions early in the third. After that, did nothing. TJ had 20 uh, had two had two points, 24 minutes, seven assists, six rebounds, only one turnover. Obviously, you want him to take more shots, but. He did his job, six, seven assists, six rebounds, one steal, one block, no turnovers. Um, you'll take that from TJ. Furkan was was was, <clears throat> was not really utilized in this game, and rightfully so, because he had no business being on the court with the Celtics unit because he's just a, such a terrible matchup with his lack of size and athleticism and, and his slowness. And so Brett Brown used him early in the fourth to give the, the by Butler and Embiid some rest he made a three to put them up seven. It was a big. It was a big shot. Ultimately, it does not matter though because the game was lost. Um, in uh, in terms of the starters, um, obviously overtime sort of sort of uh, overtime sort of dilutes the minutes, but. Chandler played 40 minutes and Bead played 40 minutes, which is probably too much, even though it was overtime. Ben Simmons played 38, Reddick played 39, Butler played 43, and it felt like they needed Butler to be in this game for as many minutes as possible because of the of just sort of the magnitude of the game. It's a Christmas Day game. It's against your rivals. You really have a you do have a chance to win the game, and I thought that he really did all that he could to help. The shots weren't necessarily falling that well. But he did do it. He, he had he had a good game. Um, Wilson Chandler had his best game of the year. I thought 15 points in 40 minutes, on, with five rebounds, three assists. Um, he made three threes, made three clutch threes. I might add to really help the Sixers a lot. He made the one close to the end of regulation to put them up two. Ultimately, and, and you thought they were one stop away from winning the game. 
ultimately could not get that one stop. Uh, Embiid was absolutely fantastic tonight. Uh, 34 points on 10 of 17 shooting, two made threes, 12 of 12 from the free throw line, 16 boards, two blocks, did have six turnovers. He does have trouble with double teams as per usual, but he really did his job and he kept them alive. And he took over for really for all most intents and purposes. He took over in the second half to keep them alive and give them a chance to win. Ben Simmons, rather pedestrian, 11 points in 38 minutes, 4 of 9 from the field, 3 of 7 from the free throw line, 14 rebounds, 8 assists, 4 turnovers. Um, you know, the Celtics have him figured out until he gets that jumper, to get, until he can trust that jump shot. Um, they haven't figured out because they just keep him out of the paint. They, they, they body him up and they make his life hell and they exhaust him. And that's the way it's always been against Celtics for Ben Simmons. Redick, 17 points in 39 minutes on five of 16 shooting four of 10 from three, three of five from the free throw line. Um, you know, you don't want to say that, that, you know, it came down to when the game goes to overtime, you can only say one shot difference makes it, you know, it's a different story. Well, when Reddick shoots 93% from the free throw line and he misses a couple in regulation, that ultimately spells the difference in the game. They don't go to overtime if 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 um, if Reddick makes those those one or two free throws, and you know he can and he should because he's a 90 plus percent free throw shooter. Um, Butler was tremendous, 24 points in his 43 minutes on 9-21 shooting, had a really cold start, 1 of 7, um, finished the game 8 of 14, um, after that, 3 made 3s, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 steals, it, it became apparent that, that the, the more athletic, longer Celtic, Wings like Tatum and the like, they sort of were the bane for Butler tonight because um, they presented a serious matchup problem for him. It made, it made it very difficult for him to get the looks that he wanted on shots from the perimeter. He missed a couple of jumpers badly because of the defense of the Celtic Wings. And... Um, I don't want to say that Butler was bad because he wasn't bad. He was really good. But you just sort of see that Butler's greatness is not natural per se. It's 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 all earned. It's it's all developed. And again, sometimes against these these um, more athletic, um, longer wings, he might struggle a little bit. So the Sixers do lose the game. Obviously, by seven, one fourteen or one twenty-one to one fourteen, they dropped twenty-two and thirteen on the season, twenty and thirteen away, uh, twenty twenty and thirteen for the Celtics. Sixers will be in Utah on Thursday, playing the Jazz, ten thirty p.m. start on national TV. Um, you know, obviously, you don't want to lose the Celtics because they're your rivals, and you know, it's it's a measuring stick for where you are, but. <clears throat> two months ago when the season began, 
your roster featured Robert Covington and Dario Saric. And you came into Boston on opening night with still a bad taste in your mouth of having lost to them in the playoffs last year. And you got and you lost by 18 the first game of the year. It looked like it was the exact same team. And it was sort of like, like you know, yay, basketball's back. They'll, they'll be pretty good. But you knew where it was going to end. You knew it was going to end either in Toronto or in Boston. And then they bought in Jimmy Butler. And things have been going pretty well since then. I think we would all agree. But, you know, they did lose the game tonight. But I am, I, I do want to say this. I try to keep it real. I try to be realistic with what I say. And I try to be objective and not let the fans, the fans in me, the fan in me, um, get the best of my opinion. That being said, I do want to say this. I think that it's completely unfair that national media sort of to sort of just dismiss the Sixers as a team that has no chance because they don't have the depth. While in theory, yes, that, that the depth does hurt their, their chances in the equation per se, but the buyout markets are going to be open soon. Trade deadline is going to be coming soon. The Sixers bench was, it was, was, was egregious at this time last year. And a couple of, uh, of free agents on the buyout market later, they won 16 games in a row. So the, those bench pieces will come along at some point this year. Whether it's a trade that Elton Brand forces because they need the help or because of a or because a buyout becomes available, they will the bench will not be the same bench that it is now. And if it is, it'll be a short-lived playoff run. But I don't think it'll be as bad as it is now in a, in a couple months. Having said that, having said that, I am really encouraged by this game tonight. They fought their asses off. They fought back into the game. They had control of it for most of the for most of the of of the of the uh, the fourth quarter, and they looked for a while like they were going to pull out a win on Christmas Day against the team that's been a pain in their ass forever, and they're going to do it on their on. In, in Boston, and, you know, it was going to be a glorious, glorious win. Ultimately, they came a little short. Some of it was execution, but a lot of it is a bench. And I want to say that I am really, really encouraged by this team's direction tonight because it's way better to know that, okay, you can make a couple of minor moves in, a, in you know, in, in a couple of weeks from now to fit, to, slip, to fix up this bench really quickly rather than knowing that you don't have a playmaker on offense. You, you don't have enough uh, players around your core and, and the, the team's only going to go as far as Embiid goes. And you know, it's better. To, I'd rather, I'd much rather be the bench than have it. Didn't have to know that Robert Covington and charge are only going to take me so far. And with that being said, I think Boston fans are going to sleep well tonight. But I think that they that they probably should know that the Sixers are licking their chops because a couple minor moves, a couple adjustments to the bench to get in a couple of guys from teams that are tanking right now or teams that are on the cusp of, of calling of calling of, of, of pulling the uh, waving the white flag or the red flag, whatever it is. 
couple of those guys on this roster, and they are right there. That bench, that bench is suddenly scoring the ball better, and they are right in the thick of things with the Celtics. And it's got to make Boston sweat because if they're not, if they don't have the home court advantage, and they have to come in to Philly for four games in a seven-game series, it's not going to be easy for them at all. And honestly, I'd probably be confident in the Sixers winning that series against Boston if they have the home court advantage. Having said that, there are a couple of things in the game that are worthy of being broken down. So, like I said, the Sixers defended the, defended the pick and pop better. I did hate that the, the decision by Brett Brown to put JJ on Kyrie. He has no business being on Kyrie. He should have been on Marcus Smart all night long. I understand that Marcus Smart's more of a of a, of a post up kind of uh, kind of player on offense. He's more of a of a of a muscly kind of guy. Kyrie is elusive. He's an isolation machine, and Redick it spells disaster for JJ Redick. I thought Brown put Redick in a bad spot with that, um, but overall he made adjustments in the second half, and they actually played a pretty good game. They weren't taking risks. They weren't. They weren't being sloppy with um, with with cheating on defense. They were they were they were playing the team to a tee pretty well, I thought. And Celtics were responding. They were making shots that you know it's like you, you think fuck. You know, they, only, they only make that Marcus Morris only makes this shot every time against the Sixers, and you just sort of felt like like it's the same old story. Celtics get up for this game and they make every shot. But the Sixers were, were, were resilient. Um, they, they played them pretty well on defense. I thought they held Boston to 41% shooting, which is pretty good <clears throat> for the Sixers. But um, you know, and and they they got the last look. They got the last look in the game. The win. They had the last chance to win the game. The play was atrocious. It was Ben Simmons to a dribble handoff for JJ, the most repetitive play in the world this offense and you know he didn't he, he got a good look ultimately fell a little short I don't blame him I know Brett Brown likes to say you know let them figure it out and he even is has gone on record as saying he thinks play calling as a coach is overrated the ball should have been in Jimmy Butler's hands to take the last shot and there's no question about it maybe made the case for Embiid but it should have been in Jimmy Butler's hands because he's made two game winning shots before for the Sixers he's proven he's clutch I don't know why I didn't go to Jimmy Butler. It's too late now to, to, to sort of, to sort of you know, bank on it. But it's it's, it's disappointing because they that, they could have won the game on that possession if a if a different decision had been made. Um, but it's the past. That's over with. And ultimately, I said I said that as soon as the game went to overtime, I said that the Sixers lost this game because the momentum's changed. And all Boston has to do is just stay with it until the last two minutes, and then they'll pull away. And they did. That's what happened. But, like I said, I am encouraged by this by this game. Um, neither team played great. Neither team made it. You know, a lot of shots. There were tons and tons and tons of misses tonight. But ultimately, it was a great basketball game. And I think the Sixers, the Sixers have come a long way in two months. They are much better equipped to handle this team now. And I look forward to the test 
And once they get those bench pieces they really need on the buyout market, it'll be a really, really, really interesting matchup for the Sixers. Where was this game decided tonight before before we sign off for, for the holiday? Um, Sixers had a 19 turnovers to the Celtics 9. That's going to be a big difference, obviously. The blocks, they're even. Steals, Celtics by 2. The assists, Sixers by 4. Rebounds, uh, Sixers by 1. Defensive rebounds, Sixers by 5. But the offensive board, Sixers, uh, Celtics by 4. Sixers made six more free throws on 79% shooting, 23-29. The Sixers made one more three, and, uh, um, and they shot 37.5% from three on 15-40 shooting. They shot 38-92, 41%. Celtics shot 42%. So they checked off the boxes in terms of the three-point shooting. They made 10 threes. Um, well, no, they, made, they, they, they surpassed the 10-3. Checklist. Um, they made 75% or better of their free throws. Tonight they shot 79.3%. Turnovers, man. Turnovers kills them every game. Tonight, 19 to 9, that makes a difference. And that's, that's, that's extra possessions for the Celtics. That's fewer possessions with the shot for the Sixers. And ultimately, it cost them overtime tonight. It cost them overtime, or cost them the game regulation tonight. Maybe go to overtime where they ultimately succumbed to the to, to the Celtics. Again, in addition to those turnovers, the bench was god awful. Mascala, one of nine from the field, one of eight from three. And, you know, the last thing I'm gonna say for for the night is while I really wanted a win on Christmas Day, <clears throat> while I really, while I you know that was the one thing I wished for for Christmas was was a, was a victory. I am hopeful for the future because I know that they're a lot closer now than they were two months ago. And that's what you needed to see. They got two more games against the Celtics this year down the road. And the both are going to be in Philly. And hopefully by then they'll have the bench pieces to really beat the Celtics and show us that you can't just count them out because they don't have a bench. And I do believe they'll get there this year with the bench. Do you like shotgunning beer? Do you want to increase your shotgun time at parties? Check out our boys at the King Cobra. The King Cobra is a shotgunning tool that makes the perfect shotgunning hole in under a second. There's also a tab puller, a vent puncher, and all fits on a keychain. For more information about the King Cobra, check them out on Instagram at the King Cobra Co. That's the King Cobra Co. Cobra is spelled with a K. All um, for ten percent discount on all products. Enter the code Dress the Cobra ten, all caps, all one word. Pick up yours today. The fee to Embiid and its name is protected by U.S. copyright laws. Reproduction and distribution without my written permission is prohibited. Copyright the feed to Embiid 2018. Again, Sixers drop an OT thriller in Boston, 121 to 114. They move to they drop to 22 and 13 on the year. Celtics improved to 20 and 13. The Sixers will be in Utah on Thursday playing those Jazz on national TV. It is a 10:30. Eastern Time tip-off. Thank you for tuning, to the, tuning into the Feed to Embiid, and we will be here with post-game coverage following, hopefully, a victory on Thursday night.